Hello and welcome to Please Watch This, a podcast where two film-loving mates with gaps in their viewing history recommend films to one another so they can find out once for all who has better taste. As always, I'm Sam Blakely. As always, I'm joined by Hugh Dempsey. But as sometimes, I'm also joined by Ben Dawson, a returning guest. Uh, Hugh is the uh, staple of the show. I'll, I'll go to you first. How's your week been, mate? Hello. Hello. Hi, Ben. Hi, Sam. Hi, Hello. audience. Hello. Hi, um... Russian spyware. Hi, Chinese. Um, they must get so lonely, those guys. They never yeah, get a yeah. call out. What's, you know, the, what's the Chinese one? What would that be like? Monitor. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how's your week been? What's your account number? What was your first pet called? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Hi, Sam. I am good. Thank you. My week has been... Um, Boring. The same as all the others. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. I'm currently working from home, so that's... Is what it is. Basically, trouserless regularly. Yeah. I've had quite a good week. A As I am milestone. now, but you, uh, the yeah, listeners, you can't see that. It's an auditory medium. Uh, quite, quite a cinematic milestone for me. I took my daughter to the cinema for the first time uh, this week. It's been half term. Daddy daughter fun week. Uh, we Did went she enjoy we Halloween her- too? <laughs> Halloween, kills. <laughs> Halloween kills, yeah, she loved it. We wa- we watched, so it we went twice actually, and I was really surprised because I oh, didn't you think this to was see the first happen. part, yeah. I went to we went to see Room on the Broom uh, and the Highway Rat, which is a bit of a double feature, about twenty five minutes each. BBC things, which is good. About two minutes in, we sat down and she put a hand on my arm and turned to me and whispered, "I love the cinema." And I thought, oh, that, again, that DNA test does not need to be done. So she loved it so much. We went back the next day and watched Ron's Gone Wrong, uh, which we she absolutely loved, and you know. She, all she wanted to do all day was recreate the film poster and watch clips from the from the film. So did she I think she's got, the she's got the. She's uh, got the. She did. Yeah, it's nearly two hours as well. A lot of these kids' films are like one hour fifty and that sort mm. of thing. She yeah, she managed it. I think the sweets and the popcorn helped, but she loved it uh, all the way through. So tomorrow morning we're going to go to ten a.m. Paw Patrol the movie. Wow. <laughs> so you know you made ooh, it big when you're going to see Paw Patrol the movie. Don't Look, you? it all counts on the letterbox, mate. I'm logging that one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm pushing a hundred for the year, which is not much for a film buff, but it, it's uh, it's quite a lot for me. For a working um, dad, is that yeah. essentially is what you're saying? Absolutely. There? Now, Ben, I've, I've uh, mentioned you by name, but I haven't, um, you know, given you any airtime as of yet. How have you been in the? Uh, mm. I must presume three weeks since we last had you on. Yeah, it feels it feels like a long time, but all, also a short time. <laughs> what were you on for recently? What was the film? God knows. Uh, <laughs> no, we haven't done that film. <laughs> no, we, should, we should know between. I mean, you should know Ben. Wasn't it recent that we had you on? I can't remember anyway. But it wouldn't feel like a Halloween special if we didn't have Ben yeah. Dawson on the show. You know, it's, it's the tradition now. You're on for Midsummer and uh, uh, the thing, the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you're 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 a go-to guy. You've yeah. been good. Any any news that the good. listener needs to know Nothing about? Nothing as uh, groundbreaking as having you know my first daughter's uh, trip <laughs> I've been I've been cooking a lot wait you have a daughter recipes <laughs> yeah I mean he's not even done that milestone yet yeah I made some I, I've been just like trying to eat less meat so I made oh, yeah. some I made some braised cabbage and it is honestly <laughs> it's the, one of the best things I've ever tasted it tastes really incredible ah oh. Char like you char you have to like you don't think it's going to taste that nice but if you char it so it's like burnt so it looks burnt so it's almost it's just, as nice as meat. And then stick it in the oven with some spices and stuff and some coconut milk for like an hour and it tastes incredible. I mean, I did set the fire alarm off in the flat, <laughs> which is embarrassing. But We've all done that at your flat. It was worth it. It was worth it. It's yeah. great. 
Braised, I'm gonna, was that cabbage you said? Cabbage. Braised cabbage, honestly. It tastes incredible. See, I get the sense that actually what was really nice about that was the coconut milk, the spices, no. and all that process. It, honestly, <laughs> when you, when you, like, any vegetable, just chuck it on a really high heat and make it go black and it will taste so sweet. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to Please <laughs> Cook This with Hugh MC, Sam Blakely and Ben Dawson. <laughs> Please <laughs> char this vegetable next week. Broccoli. Uh, <laughs> great Broccoli is great. Broccoli By the way, great. Ben was on for the apartment, Sam. Um, oh, thanks. Was it, was, oh, yeah. That was a long time ago. That, that was, was pre-Euros, uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. It's all a blur. All a blur for me. Anyway, uh, let's... Yeah. Uh, yeah, we we brought Ben on because it's a horror special and it's yet another film that that Ben actually originally I think uh, introduced to me I think I assume same same year as uh, the Babadook. I think I remember walking around London with you trying to find a cinema to watch it. <laughs> Did we watch same. it follows at the cinema? No, because we couldn't find one. <laughs> I was like, Sam, you need to watch this film. <laughs> I don't I have no memory of that whatsoever, but. You know, luckily I did eventually watch it. Maybe it wasn't you, maybe it was someone else. (laughs) (laughs) Here we are seven years later. We're going to talk about 2014's It Follows. Uh, Hugh, remind the listener and us, what did you already know about this this, uh, modern horror classic? So, I knew the premise of the film, but I didn't know the nuts and bolts. So I knew that it was basically, you had sex with somebody and then suddenly a monster slash ghoul or something was chasing after you and the only way to get rid of well, it we've all, we've all had a one night stand like that and we lads hey that's banter sorry about that listener yeah. uh, <laughs> he couldn't help himself he was, you could see it building in him you could see it uh, he, was, he was trying to hold it in but it just burst out um, yeah so I kind of knew that side of it and I knew that sort of that's but beyond that I didn't kind of know like the ins and outs of the plot. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, well, uh, I'm going to give a spoilerific uh, synopsis. Listener, we are fully spoilerific, so we're assuming you've seen it follows. Uh, if you haven't, go and watch it first. As Hugh set up there, it's essentially a demon that's passed on through sex. Uh, it, it's always following you at a slow walking pace, uh, unless it's standing on a roof for a bit for effect. Um <laughs> If you then have sex with somebody else, it passes on to them. If it, if it catches them and kills them, it comes back to you. And there's some rules that are set out at the start. So it's a, we presume, sort of college-age, sort of, yeah, college-age girl uh, has sex with a, a new boyfriend and the, he tells her the rules. I think and, she's and still in school. Sorry, Sam. I think she's still in high school. Because she walks out, doesn't she, of that, of a lesson and the woman gets all uppity about her leaving. Yeah, she's sort of, she's basically about eighteen to twenty one ish. Anyway, she's sort of like a late teen, you know, some that something in that kind of realm. And um, yeah, she captures the, the it from uh, from a boyfriend who explains these rules to her, and then she tells her friends, and slowly they become convinced of it. And it's really it's sort of about trying to escape it, but it's it's sort of really it's kind of metaphorical, and it's got indie art house kind of sensibilities rather than being let's get the military involved and let's really work out the, the dynamics and we'll figure out how fast it is and all that sort of stuff. It's very kind of indie inflected. Uh, ben, as the original recommender of this film, I want you to tell me, you know, in a, in a text before the show, you told me that it's a sort of modern masterpiece. What is it that's so great about It Follows? Um, well, I think it's just got all the elements that I really love in a horror film. That's why I enjoyed it so much. It It is, it's heavily inspired by John Carpenter films from the 80s and, Especially Halloween and and um, 
a lot. And, I mean, the score is incredible. It's got sort of like a, it's got the throwback to the eighties synth, but also quite a modern, modern twist on it. Um, yeah. So credit there to Disaster Piece for that score. It really is yeah. so evocative. I'd forgotten about it until I rewatched it this week, and I was like, oh yeah, this guy. I completely great. remember this. Yeah. And also the cinematography is amazing, incredible. Mm. Like, like it, it, it's got it's got the style that I love. Like, what what I like is it it's, it doesn't like um, it, it doesn't show you stuff. It lets you it lets you gets you involved by letting you look at the screen. And I think when you like notice stuff yourself, I think that's way creepier than if like a jump scare. Yeah. Yeah. So, because you like, and you more you're more involved in the film. What happens? I think the whole film is more interested in the relationships between the characters rather than the actual um, demon that's chasing them. Yeah, it builds from a high concept, but it's really not about that high concept, is it? Really? Yeah. So much as those themes and the, the nostalgia of it and the teenage. I mean, it feels like a it feels like a coming of age drama in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously, there's no adults in there, which is obviously <laughs> a choice by the filmmaker. Yeah. Um, which again is, is really harping back to like the eighties. It's interesting what you say about you know you have to notice things. I think even though it, well, so the, the the premise of the film obviously is that you're kind of looking out for somebody that's walking straight towards you, mm. and there are lots of scenes where you just sort of in fairly wide angle lens or yeah. going around a circle and the camera's panning from one to the other, and you're just constantly on the lookout. And I think there's only really once where actually somebody is walking towards a screen that it's not addressed, but in your memory it feels like every other scene has someone in the you know on the horizon yeah. in the distance coming towards you. There's a sort of I don't think it's anything innovative, but there's just a great use of a sort of uh, quite a, a subtle pan and a subtle zoom and just focusing on the basketball or just focusing over the fence or something like that just really creepy in this film it's great it's great I, I love that's what I mean and it's a bit like the shining as well I kind of think and that sort mm. of cinematography where it just like yeah like but it, it's got like dynamics as well so it'll have this when the film's at a slow pace it'll have this um um, slow panning and static shots, but then when when the tension does ratchet up, it'll turn into like handheld where you'll see them like running, and and, and the, obviously the score will increase the tension. Um, yeah, that pulsating yeah. synthy. Score. Oh, it's great! It's great. Yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I was like um, it was full on scary, but there was one watching it again last night. There was one bit that got a physical reaction out of me. Um, <laughs> Where I think it was the f- when it, she was in the house when she's first realizing what's happening and someone breaks the window and um, her the the guy goes off and she's like walking slowly through and then it it just pans to a woman standing there like a, yeah. and it, that just kind of, didn't make me jump but it kind of went whoa <laughs> it's it's so macabre and she's sort of pissing herself and yeah. she just looks odd and she's shocking boobs out but it's yeah. it's also the music Stop. as well isn't it it's that yeah. rising pulsating urgent intensity and then it cuts to there's a few of these it cuts to a sort of slow motion reaction of her yeah dread i think dread is the probably the best word i can the best way i can describe that i think that's what i love about the film is that it, it evokes this, this sort of existential dread all the way through yeah. the film which is probably talked about a lot before and the horror films that we've done i'm not sure <laughs> the, best, I the best horror it. films do that yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's such I a rem- guttural feeling isn't it and that's what the motivation of characters has to be i think in a film it has to be something guttural and survival yeah. based or ba- you know primitive primal i remember when it came out and i was excited about it and i went to see it at the cinema and um i was walking out and it was it was dark as at night and 
I was walking and I was getting to my car and I just I don't know what it was, but often like often the distance um, just out. To the side, to the side, um, there was. I think it was either a bin or a lamppost or something. I thought, oh, the fuck's that? <laughs> like, there's some guy standing there staring at me. Or something. That's why it kind of got me feeling. A, but I had a similar sort of feeling today, where um, literally an hour or so before we got on the the call, I was sat on the sofa, and I was just sort of I was watching a video, which was something like the the, the film theorists have figured out how to beat it, basically, and it got me yeah. thinking, like, okay, if I was in that situation and it and it appeared in the house. What's my exit strategy? You know, I can, I, the car keys are out there. I get in the car. It's not going to hurt my family. So I just drive and, there's a, you know, get to a petrol station. And literally, as I was thinking that, I was looking in the kitchen and everyone's upstairs and the door to the sort of laundry room opened a little bit. I nearly, nearly shot myself. It was, it was the cat. It was the little Nazi of a cat that we've got. Um, and and it, it genuinely was like, oh my God, for, for a split second, you know, I thought, oh shit, that's it. It's coming through. God knows it's going to be my naked mum or something coming through again <laughs> which is as it as it does I think, I think yeah I was going to, I was just, that, that's what i think it's 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 an original concept as well it's not it it's not like too original but it's something different i i, mm. I think it also the guy like i was reading interviews with um david robert mitchell who directed it and he, he he's obviously got a big love of um the old 80s horror films and he he's talking about how he, he, he he creates things, you know, he was playing on a lot of the horror cliches and because it does have a lot of horror cliches in it, but it also like, you know, subverts them and, and yeah. plays on them, I think. And I think that's quite unique and, and a good, a good part of the film. Right yeah, from the, the start with Annie, you know, yeah. Annie, who's completely illogically dressed, high heels and sort of short shorts <laughs> and all this, and it's clearly autumn. And he yeah. does say, I think he says in, you know, he's, he's dissecting a scene and says, this was a very intentional move to make it look like some sort of yeah. 70s or 80s horror, you know, teen throwback. I like all the uh, I like all the li- literally literally literary references in it, mm. um, and because there is there is bigger themes to it that you can obviously analyze, um, and yeah, it's not just a you can't you don't just watch it because of you know if you're just watching it for a straight up plot you're gonna be like well you know these these stupid kids and you know and stuff, <laughs> and, um, it doesn't make much the the creature doesn't make any sense yeah what are the answers to this but it's obviously made as um not re- not want to say a metaphor but this this it's a th- it's a film that has themes basically yeah and i think this enjoy is probably quite a good segue into what you will those themes shall we talk <laughs> shall we talk about them when i do my review? yeah we'll get into this yeah because i'm going to talk about them so. and yeah, it'd be best so, to yeah, have that, us all discussing it. That leads us nicely then into into Hugh's views. Uh, ben, I don't know if you want to kick off on this, but oh, do you want me to do it? Well, I, I was just I, I just written down. I think uh, he, it, it, you know, what what from based on what other people have said, you could find it boring, and also um, you could get annoyed by the plot inconsistencies and like the mechanics of the monster. You could get a lot of people get caught up on like you know it doesn't, it's inconsistent basically. Which to me, yeah. I mean, I want just to counter that before we, before we talk about it. I, I I like a lot of Japanese horror films, and they have weird fucking creatures that never get explained, and they like they set rules and break them all the time. So I'm used to it. I love it. <laughs> like it's more yeah. interested in me that it doesn't answer these questions and leaves them ambiguous. But yeah, that that's one thing that I think uh, I think Hugh might not like about. I it. think Hugh's going to hate this film. I really do. But from what we've known, from what we now know about Hugh's taste after all these episodes, I think he's going to, I think Hugh, you're probably going to react to this in a similar way to the Babadook in that for you, I think 
you went into this film knowing this concept and I think you probably would have preferred characters that actually explored that concept and got on a boat, got on a, got on a plane, got out a map, figured out what it got from here to here. So it's moving me about three miles an hour, so let's get a plan. And I think it comes down to whether you interpreted it as that or whether you interpreted it as that's just the mechanism for for this thing that's character and Indian and metaphorical and all that. And I think, you know, do you know we can hear you yawning, Hugh? I don't know if, that, <laughs> if you muted. <laughs> I, was, I was on mute, Sam. I know okay, you can hear me. <laughs> it's just off for me, at least. Anyway. Just <laughs> yawn after yawn because he's not talking. Um, I think, honestly, I don't think you'll like it because it is inconsistent. The, the characters do make stupid decisions. And I think, I hope that um, you gave it some slack because... It, I don't think that the director, writer-director David Robert Mitchell is stupid enough to think that that the electrocution plan is going to work in the swimming pool. He says, you know, this is a ridiculous plan, it's a Scooby-Doo plan, the point is that they're teenagers doing it. So I wonder how you interpret it. I honestly think we'd be lucky to get a 4 out of 10 on you uh, for this one, but we'll see. Uh, and I think there's there are flaws with it, and I think a lot of people don't really like the last third. Um, it really comes down to the interpretation so mm. we'll find out anyway after a break we're going to go for a little break now do you know what's going to do you know what's going to f- do you know what's going to follow this part uh, the second part yeah follows. It, it follows <laughs> so join us after the break for the second part and Hugh's views Hello and welcome back to part two. We're ready. We're baited of breath. Hugh's views. Hugh, what did you like? What do you think of It Follows? Um, so you were saying, like the Babadook, that I wouldn't like this film. Um, and I am pleased to say, compared to the Babadook, I did like this film a lot more than that film. Okay, frankly. so we're up for it for a five out of ten at least. Yeah, at least a five, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if because, the woman in black got a fucking seven, yeah, <laughs> then maybe yeah, a nine out of ten. Yeah, because that was a straight-up classic horror film, that's why, yeah. and it works. Yeah. I can't call it a classic. <laughs> I think it is. I think it's a classic, yeah. It's as good as any of from the like, 70s and 80s, in The my BBC opinion. version from the 80s is a better woman in black. Is it? But, yeah. Anyway. Well, I like it. And just because Sam doesn't, doesn't mean that it's bad. It just means that we have different opinions. Just because it's objectively not very original or interesting. Anyway, well, anyway we're talking it, about Well, it, it was follows. objectively interesting enough for them to make a film. <laughs> it was objectively interesting enough that it made a lot of money, and it was objectively interesting that was, enough I that think, it's made you know, many years ago. It was from 14-year-olds, and especially Daniel Radcliffe fans, to be honest, surely. <laughs> so, horror films always do well, because, you know, every, yeah. everyone likes horror films. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, yeah, so this film has... It's got... It's got a very simple premise, which is actually its strength, I think, um, of the film. It's basically, if you have sex with somebody, this evil spirit or monster comes and chases you. And yeah, like you said, it walks towards you. And it's it's like it's like a horror Terminator. That's how I would describe the uh, It yeah. Follows. Sort of, it's always coming. It's never going to stop. It doesn't stop when you're asleep. It doesn't stop while you eat. It, you can maybe slow it down a little bit, as I think we kind of half discover and yeah I agree with you both that if you get bogged down in the minutiae of the complexity of it then you're going to miss I don't know if you're going to miss the point because I don't know if I know what the point of this film is 
because like you said it's a bit indie but it's also a bit horror as well so I don't think it knows it kind of sits on that Venn diagram of an indie film and a horror film so I, I, I don't know I, I, I didn't know which kind of glasses to wear it with but I did I mean it's more of an indie style in a horror genre I suppose it's not like yeah. indie genre is it in the same way it's more no, of a no, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Yeah, it's very. It's a style. Is very indie, but it is a it is a horror film. Um, yeah. You know, it's got some. It's got. Um, it's got some great. You know, the tension is what makes this film good. I think personally. Yeah. Is because you are sat there going, because it's 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 just ever, as soon as you find out what's happening, it's kind of ever present. If that makes sense. Yeah. So there's yeah. a there's an ominous inevitability about it, which and you, because it's a horror film, you know it's going to get somebody, but you don't know who. So you kind of, mm. you know, they've got their little Scooby Doo gang, so to speak, and you wonder which one of them is going to get it in the get it in the yeah. neck, so to speak, from the evil monster. Um, yeah, I think you met, did. You mention something about the camera, the cinematography, or something, Ben? I think you said. Yeah, I love the cinematography. Yeah, it, I don't think it's as good as it is in the Babadook, but I really enjoy the, the those slow pans that it does. You know, where it, and I think in one of them it turns a whole three hundred and sixty degrees, doesn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. And that was that was an interesting device because that ratchets up the tension in such a uncomfortable way. Because I just I suppose there's not two used scenes, often. isn't there, where they're sat in a circle and it's yes. looking over everybody's shoulder and there's the beach and there's the, where they're meeting up with uh, with Hugh uh, your yeah. namesake uh, yeah and it's just well it's on that character can you please get to the other character that I've seen the person behind let's yeah. get there soon you know very yeah. intense um yeah, and I think that's that's what I enjoyed about. It. I did like this film to a point. I did enjoy it. I did think it was good. I think it was well made. Um, it had an interesting premise. It had synths. The music, like you mentioned, Ben's really good. And Sam, I think you mentioned the composer, Disaster Piece, spelled disaster normally, but Peace P A P E A C E. Sorry, so it's like <laughs> the word piece rather than like a piece of. I don't know, like Disaster. a piece of bread. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So that was. So I don't know if they're a band or a, it's an individual. I think it's an individual. Um, it had a very sort of interesting sort of. Um, it, it created a great atmosphere, I thought, to the film. Mm. Yeah. Um, what I didn't like, I didn't. There wasn't much I didn't like about it. I liked. I, I tell you, I did something I did like. Just to go back a sec, I like the fact that the main character is it Jay, uh, is yeah. it Micah Monroe? She right. looked nineteen or eighteen. Yeah, she yeah, didn't yeah. look like a twenty-eight-year-old playing a nineteen-year-old. And you she's know? only twenty-eight now, so she would yeah. be about twenty-one. You know, she's yeah. really not far off the age. Yeah, she was. She she was young looking. You know what I mean? She. I think because yeah. she's. I think she's quite small as well, which kind of helps in exactly, that regard. Yeah. So yeah, so I really enjoyed the fact that she, her and her friends looked like teenagers and they behave like teenagers. You know. There's that there's that great bit where that Yara goes, oh, I've I've got an idea, and she farts, <laughs> and she goes, oh no, it got away. Like that's some teenagers do to another. Very they... And also how sort of um, ostentatious, how pretentious she is, yeah, you know, with what she's reading and she's reading out to them. I feel like that. Was what is it she's reading it on she's... though? What is that little, oh, that little shell? seashell thing? Well, that's yeah. the great thing we didn't mention actually, isn't it? It's so impossible to put a timeline and gener- uh, you know yeah. an era on this because they've got big old CRT tellies some of the cars from the 60s and 70s they've got a bit there's a mobile phone in there but it's really hard to place that's a bit unnerving yeah right, the, main, the main adjective is like dreamlike isn't it the film yeah it's like yeah, yeah. Film. yeah. Um, so yeah so I suppose we could mention some of the things I didn't like um, 
and the more yeah they are kind of plot related or character decision related I suppose um, it's one of those monsters that like you said if you think about it too much you're going to get bogged down in sort of well why don't you just go to Australia <laughs> you know and see how long it takes to come can it, can it walk on the ocean floor is that how it works or is it always near you but not always near you and then it just appears around you know you start you can get caught up in it sort of the logic of the of a of a horror film when it's a supernatural monster. That's... You can as well if you're thinking objectively like that, but also because yeah. it's a Scooby Doo gang, where are they going to get the money for that? Or where you know they they don't have the resources for that. It's sort of dealing with with the problem from a teenager's budget. So they couldn't. I think you suggested last week they couldn't like give it to an astronaut that's going into space. Yeah, or, yeah. And David Mitchell, uh, not that one or that one, has yeah. said that it could pop on a plane. And also we know it can swim. It could so pop on you're right. You could get on a plane to Australia live there for a month quite comfortably and then you know you'd have to uh, fly yeah, you would just have to on what budget yeah you'd have to sort of do that for the rest of your life or you know as as Hugh slash Jeff does give it to somebody else yeah, I mean the yeah. fact that she doesn't try to kill that guy when when she finds him is is a, a piece of restraint that only she'll ever know um, yeah. so yeah what else did I feel the, the, I tell you what I enjoyed this film, but I didn't enjoy the ending. I didn't like the end. I thought I was expecting some sort of... I was expecting a genuine resolution. Yeah, yeah. So when you say ending, do you mean the actual literal last shot or the swimming pool stuff? No, the actual actual ending of it's like, oh, it's just following this... It's just following um, Paul now. (laughs) But she can see it as well. Like, I I just didn't... I I thought... Or was it following but also the ambiguity of are they, did they kill it in the swimming pool? You know that it's it's heavily implied that they're still being followed. I love how the yeah. ending lingers. <laughs> and how, I don't think it's ambiguous personally. And how the, yeah. the person character them uh, following them seems to be wearing exactly what Paul's wearing as well. I think yeah. it definitely is ambiguous because they. No, you're telling me it's ambiguous, but my interpretation was it wasn't ambiguous. <laughs> well, since we've got different interpretations, that means it's ambiguous. We've just come to different conclusions, <laughs> you know, that you could easily read into it as they killed the thing in the pool and they're just walking along and you're just assuming the thing following them is following them because they're not looking behind them or anything like that. It's there weird, is ambiguity there. Yeah, but they frame it in such a way that it is coming that, for them. They don't frame it to make it ambiguous, to make it to make any interpretation plausible. I don't think it's ambiguous, personally. I think it is the thing following them. You can see how it's ambiguous, though, can't you? What, you oh, yeah, I can see is... how you've come to that. What I can see how you've come to that interpretation. Metaphor <laughs> oh, metaphoricals, yeah. What do you think? The, what oh, do you what think the metaphoricals. Shall we get our A level uh, <laughs> English media studies and <laughs> English out? Yeah. Um, I mean, it does very much seem like a metaphor for two things, and that's uh, STDs and pregnancy and children. Mm. Like, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't think that. I thought it was a metaphor for aging, like, and, you know, how it's all inevitable. Death's inevitable for all of us. Fair enough. It's kind of like this loss of innocence thing. That's like, sex is like the thing where you lose your innocence. And I think Mm. it it was described in one video I watched where after you have, you know, after you lose your virginity, is the point where you start looking back and and rather than looking forward. And I think that's kind of like um, the theme is where you've got this inevitable thing that's coming and hunting you down. And I, it, Obviously, things in the plot, like you know, um, it, it's a theme, so it's not like the whole plot. But that's what that's kind of what the thing I thought about it, rather than 
Yeah. Never thought it's it definitely was. a strength of the film that you can have different valid interpretations where yeah, yeah, the, yeah. it clearly could it definitely could be an STD thing because you catch yeah, yeah. You, you know you pass it on by sex and it's going to kill you um, yeah. that is just as valid as anything else but I'd never really thought of it like that because <clears throat> yeah. it would fit in with this coming of age teen thing mm. of they sort of together about it and I've also seen in some interpretations it's about sexual assault and how that yeah. follows people around um, and they never really get over that and I quite like the ambiguity of the ending of um, if there was a revolu- resolution that they just killed it and figured it out wouldn't fit any of these mm. metaphors really you know whether it's STDs pregnancy uh, growing up and you know you're going to die or sexual assault I think um <laughs> I think the two the two things what that, that made me think of it was the two was the T. S. Eliot poem that she's reading in class yeah. in, the, in the idiot um, Dostoevsky and the passage yeah. at the end that she reads is all about you know the inevitability of death and aging yeah. and all that sort of thing. So here's a question I've got for you both. It's kind of seg- segueing a little bit, but you know when she's on the beach near the end and she sees the people out on the boat. Mm. Oh yeah. So my inference to that was she went over to the boat. She hung out mm. with these guys, and she. I thought. I thought at first she slept with one of them, or she was slept with them all, or something. It's heavily Try- implied, isn't it? It's it really implied, is. You don't, you don't. You don't really know, do you? She, you know, because you just see in the next shot, don't she? She's. You know, it's got a wet cast. Yeah, I mean, I quite like that ambiguity because, again. It, in a more conventional film, should have got this plan, and then it would have shown that guy being killed, or them not believing her, or something like that. I think I'm, I think I'm right in saying in the original script she swam part way there and changed her mind and came back. Mm. Um, but equally, you know, if she has sex with all of them, it doesn't really make any difference because it's only the first guy she sleeps with. Yeah, and if she doesn't explain the rules to him, that's why the thing comes straight back. You know, yeah, yeah. missing a beat really. Yeah. So I quite like the ambiguity there, and it's it's odd that it's never picked up she doesn't mention it to anybody it's yeah. a sort of a state of her mind at that point and then you see him at the end don't you driving around looking to pick up a prostitute don't you <laughs> yeah and again he goes past but he's, he's turning he as if stop and turn around yeah. yeah yeah yes I mean I, funnily enough in, I know Hugh you know you got me onto the podcast The Weekly Planet they recently did a, you know Mr. Sunday Movies um, mm. uh, YouTube thing as they often do is he one of them reads out reviews of films oh, yeah. and, and one of them was about It Follows and it was yeah. I'm not saying that she should have an orgy but an orgy would solve the problem <laughs> yeah. and again it would for a time <laughs> but maybe an international orgy where you have sex with someone and make sure they have sex with somebody else who, you know <laughs> maybe and they all go to different problems. countries um, something else I didn't quite like about this film was just the I know it's not that kind of film, so it's me kind of nitpicking a little bit. These are more, these are more my nitpicks now, rather than things I didn't genuinely like. Um, why aren't the police investigating her for um, Greg's death? Because clearly, yeah. she was seen screaming, running out of the house after he died. She's clearly the prime suspect for that murder. It's probably because they found the body. They thought a teenage girl couldn't have done this. Yeah. Um, also, Greg's willingness to sleep with her when she's in the hospital, I found that. A bit weird. He didn't believe it, did he? So he just thought, he's, he's I mean, a that, yeah. yeah, but he's, but she's in the hospital, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, does, yeah, she said, it's only she said to, um, She also said she'd slept with him before, but I don't know if she was lying or not. Did right, it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, I see. Yeah, I can see what you were saying about interpretation, like Sam, what you said about it being what like, like sexual assault and stuff. Because obviously, after what's happened to her, the next mm. two sexual encounters we see that she has, she's not into them at all she like yeah. obviously the one with Greg she's she's basically 
looking into space and just getting it over with and the one yeah. with Paul who you think oh well maybe she's more into him than you know than she probably realised was she's still very absent in that scene I think at the end yeah it's a, it's a bit sort of it's it's uh, not erotic or intimate is it no no it's very not very functional yeah sort of thing. and again that could be something thematic and um, yeah. representative and metaphorical and he's clearly more into it than she is obviously yeah like you can get it like from Greg's point of view you can see why he'd be more into it because like you said he just thinks she's some crazy girl yeah um, where Paul's actually had first hand experience of this thing and what it's capable of and you know what it can do and things like that so yeah um, but I did. I wrote down here that it, it's. Uh, so my interpretation was that it was about STDs and, you know, like uh, people having sex, you know, sort of and getting girls pregnant and having babies and all this sort of thing. So I felt it was if through that lens, I could almost see how it's like one of these sort of, you know, religious groups that might have funded this, you know, or like, mm. you know, um, like sort of twilight. Uh, yeah, you know, that more, yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, because it's very like because if it is about STDs and it is about um, you know pregnancy, then it's very preachy. If that makes sense, but yeah. isn't it? Isn't it? The film's actually telling you, you know, to get rid of it, you need to be promiscuous. <laughs> you need to shag a bit more. Yeah, <laughs> pass it on. But that could be, that could be the kind of the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> but that's no, I think the, you're right, and I think you know that's I mean? that's again the beauty of it in that it's got this. Yeah, ambiguity and so on. That again, not to shit on the woman in black. It's just that that was the most recent thing that I saw. I don't. I can't imagine five different people watching that film and getting something different from it, or you know, reading something differently into it. It's all. Oh, I well, I thought it was scary when a woman, when the face was at the window. Well, I thought it was scary when uh, the it was on the rocking chair. You know, like it's this film is. I think that's the beauty of it. So I think I've sort of been gearing up for an argument all week about this. You, right. when you watched it, were you kind of a bit cynically thinking like, oh, why haven't they done this? Why is why is this? Why is that? Or did you go into it thinking, I need to just watch this with my kind of English lit head on, you know, it's <laughs> um, all metaphors, man. I was quite prepared to sort of tear it down a bit, but then upon watching it, the, 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 the tone of it set, quite 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 well through the first maybe half an hour or 20 minutes before she actually gets the 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 it follows or the it follows monster so i kind of just obviously because i'd heard some of the like funny arguments people made you know i think there's um another australian podcast uh, called uh, Plumbing the Death Star and I think they had an episode where it's like how would you get rid of the It Follows right, right. thing and they all go there's like three guys and they went through how they would try and get rid of it so and that was I'd love how- to hear your theories do you have a do you have a if, if, if it happened to you tomorrow and you've got a mile head start on it what's your plan <laughs> what's my plan firstly we're hey well done <laughs> <laughs> that's that's lads. what's her name but secondly uh, yeah what's your plan it's, a, it's now a mile away it's in Batley it's uh, what's your plan yeah. Um, it's making I mean, its way from the frontier you... where presumably that's where it happened <laughs> <laughs> even though it's not the frontier anymore but no, yeah. it's not. anyway so, so you're ruling out it doesn't mean it, it couldn't happen now, <laughs> yeah yeah that, forget that <laughs> that'll take a lot of planning <laughs> it's going to be here in 20 minutes uh, can I get I mean, a takeaway that fast can you put it it'd in it'd be a easy box? for Michael Monroe to pass it on yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
He'd be after me for a number of years at this. <laughs> <laughs> Quite frankly. <laughs> um, but do you think he'd just turn up and just sort of like pity you and just give you a hug and just like, I'll give you I'll give you a head start <laughs> here's some money get yourself yeah. to New Zealand <laughs> I'll, look, I'll look away I'll look away for a, a day <laughs> turns out Jesus Christ <laughs> I've got a pass on this one <laughs> Well, this has descended into anarchy. Now. Um, I don't know. Could you build like? Could you trap it in something? Do you know what I mean? I don't think. Well, could you just put it in like a cargo container or something? And I mean, the Hugh character says he can't trap it or trick it, but you clearly can. Like, I don't oh, know yeah. how it, how it got. If it couldn't have smashed the window into the house. I don't know what it could have done. It couldn't. Have, it can't phase through the the wall. No, so. it's, it's clearly got some form of solid corporeal nature, hasn't it? it yeah, it, that's the problem with this film because it's very indie. It's very vague, isn't it? So yeah, I, I, I don't know. So I might probably die like a dickhead, to be honest. <laughs> Let's be honest. Because I think you, they could use a similar concept in like a forty million dollar actual yeah. high concept, like I don't know, Brad Pitt's in it and a few other like. Well, well, like oh. um, Ocean's Eleven, stop the it's monster. <laughs> so we have yeah. to break it into the casino. <laughs> Maybe you could you know, introduce it to the Babadook, and they could have they could live in that basement together. Because I don't know if you can can you fuck the Babadook to death. I don't think you can. <laughs> he'll try. He'll try. Yeah, it could have years of fun. Because yeah. could do a lot of going at about three miles. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's only going about three miles an hour. Test out some theories, yeah. What theories did the, the internets have when you were uh, Well, what, I watched the film today. theorists' uh, YouTube channel. They basically okay. worked out, some guy on the internet had worked out that it travels at about three miles an hour because he went to he went on maps in Detroit and like worked out where it must have been at certain wow. times and all this sort of stuff. So it goes about three miles an he hour. He would have so it he, for many years, just FYI. Basically... He said, "If the, he like worked out how far away from their home they worked, and he said you could you could drive this thirty six miles or something. Oh, there was a thirty six mile thing, and then you could work. You get a solid eight hour shift in, and then it just catches up with you. You drive back home. You get about twelve hours to sleep. Get back up. Go back there. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, you could just drive thirty miles and then wait eight hours, and then you know. So yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, obviously, you the basically is ping you drive... pong it between your home and your workplace. Yes, yeah, that's if you, right. Yeah. What if you work late one night or you're on the late shift? Then, you, then it kills you. <laughs> that's, yeah. What that's you could do, what I'd do is I'd try and get some tracking device and fire it at it. Yeah. <laughs> and see where yep. it goes. <laughs> but then you, you can't be tricked, so it probably just put that on a cat or something and then sneak probably up on would. you when you're, yeah. you know, when you're not expecting it. Yeah. I mean, what? you know, it, you, you get on a plane, don't you, and, and you and you fly somewhere, and then about a week later you go, I should I should really make make a move to the other quadrant of the world. Yeah, that's, that yeah. seems like the only... Or the other thing is have sex. Like you said, an orgy would would probably <laughs> it'd give you enough links in the chain, wouldn't it? You'd have to get yeah. one of those really big ones, but but, you, but you'd have to like give them all plane tickets to say, right, you're now living in Iceland. I mean, Sorry about it, but you're living in Iceland. Would it be an Iceland orgy, or would it be like a gangbang? Because you could give it to like because you like if it was a gangbang, if it was like you, it'd have to be a bisexual gangbang where everyone's having sex with each other. Well, no, so if basically you think about it. <laughs> so if it's like one or, or two women, you, right? You, you could give it to the woman, then. You chip off, and um, 
She gives oh, it to the next man. Yeah, but then that's no, it, isn't it? He's got to have sex. Yeah, with he's got, he's person. got, he's got it. Then yeah, but then he could probably give it back. Can it ping pong back to the woman, and then she could give it to like another guy, like ping pong between people. I don't think that would solve. The I think problem, an orgy is still those two, still one of those two people that it ends up at, and yes. then they get killed, and it comes straight for you, and you know you're not far yep. away because trousers still around your ankles. Fly to the other side of the world. Have sex with someone, settle down with her, don't tell her anything. <laughs> and then you're like, then you know then, if it comes, it's like, just get in here first. <laughs> I've got time to get just out of there. Keep Listen, an idea, bitch. Svetlana, I've got some music <laughs> <to tell you. laughs> Jobs are good in. <laughs> I think we could be on these ideas of how to be it for a very long time. Shall, yeah. shall we move on, Sam? Listener, tell us your tell us your theories, your plans. How would you how would you beat it yeah. for us? Get with us on Twitter at please watch this please watch pod at please watch pod not please watch this uh let's do scenes then so hugh as our recommendee um favorite scene uh the pool scene is probably the best scene of the film um, interesting yeah it was the one that was like the scariest i guess yeah um the one i enjoyed the most um the one because it was near to the end so you know there was like some actual higher stakes i guess yeah, the big confrontation. I think for me, it's one of my less favourite, or it had been until I watched it this week. Because mm-hmm. in my head, it's a film that I loved until the final third, and then this week watching it again, I actually kind of liked those things when I kind of realised that it's just this teenage plan. It's not supposed to be the director's best idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of warm more to it. But I think a few things bugged me about it, like how did they think that was going to work? I liked the little twist that it just stands at the side and throws stuff at her. Yeah, um, smart in it. And it tells yeah. it, it tells it, it can't be tricked, so it's not it's not completely stupid. I mean, it kind of defeats the purpose of the object because it throws things in that are clearly electrical, and it doesn't yeah. kill her. So no, so at least it didn't work the plan. But then it starts <laughs> yeah. just throwing chairs and irons and all this sort of stuff, and then and then it's sort of like. Yeah. I didn't believe that he would be able to shoot. I don't know why he's shooting basically at her. Paul's shooting. We've already at. tried to shoot it as well, so that doesn't yeah. make sense. Is it? <laughs> like, he's so bad at shooting because he shot Yara in the leg, and then he's basically <laughs> trying to shoot Jay in the head to shoot yeah. the guy in the head. And you can't look into water, and that's where you're actually, you know, it's there's a refraction or whatever like thing going on. So I'd, I'd had some problems with that scene. Uh, ben, what was your favourite scene? Well, famously, duck bullets as soon as they hit the water just stop or something. They also slow down, yeah, so yeah. you can't really judge anything it's, yeah. it's more likely to shoot her in the head or the back isn't he yeah uh, yeah Ben favourite uh, favourite scene yeah I'm not sure really I, I, I think it's probably the one that I mentioned earlier where um, you know with the breaking the window and then her walking through and I think that mm. affected me that, that was good I like the, I like the first scene as well with the <clears throat> um, 180 uh, 360 degree yeah spinning yeah. that was good um, I like I like the the, th- the one the bit that I liked about the pool scene is probably my favourite shot is probably the bits where it cuts cuts to, into the like the corridors of the building where it's like hand cam and it's like it's, it's, it's just the creature point POV mm. of the creature like you know going down all these corridors that was quite creepy yeah I, I quite like that shot you sort of get into the idea that it's got an inner life in some way and, and mm. actually it does experience this whole film continuously just walking yeah. uh, really getting its steps up um, yeah I was a bit torn on favourite scene I do love it whenever they're sat in a circle so mm. the beach scene I really like up until it lifts up her hair instead of just killing her and attacking her yeah. other than that it's kind of torn it's kind of it's pretty cool because it shows all her friends that it's a real thing you get to see it has a real effect but I just liked the sort of 10 to 30 seconds leading up to that where you're looking at one person, you can see it coming from the distance, it goes to another, it goes to another, yeah. goes to another, and it's closer. I think that's my favourite part of the film. 
Uh, Favourite lines, uh, Hugh? Tell you what, there's some shocking nudity in this film, isn't there? Yeah, very, discon- dis- very disconcerting nudity. Um, I think that's also a, a kind of maybe a sexual assault thing or, or something like yeah. that, isn't it? That that's that's when Jay sees it, it tends to be nude or uh, basically ready for bed. You know, it, there's something yeah. creepy about that. I mean, that yeah. it's very disturbing that scene when it comes after in the house, I think, and it's like a. Um, it's like the woman with the missing teeth, but like a one yeah. boob flopped out and she's pissing yeah. herself. That was awful, actually. It's such uh, a mishmash of an outfit, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then it changes into that, like, really tall, bald man. That's terrifying. Like, that slender is, I think, man, isn't he? That's my favourite shot, actually, to, to jump ahead. That, because when I first watched it, that was the one that was like, oh my fucking God! Yeah. <laughs> as, as, a, as a moment. He's one of the... T- uh, tallest twins in the world, by the way. He's half uh, of, uh, half of the tallest set of twins in the world. What is the other guy? The legs. <laughs> <laughs> it's not how it works, is it? <laughs> uh, my favourite line. I struggled with this, um, yeah. and I think Ben, you alluded to it earlier, uh, and it's what Yara's saying when she's reading that quote from the little clam at the mm. end. Oh, um, yeah. Did you know? You said you knew the book, didn't you? Or you? It's mentioned... the idiot. Yeah, I think yeah, it's mentioned. In... Yeah. How do you guys know this? Just have you read the trivia? <laughs> and I just didn't. read the trivia, but I think she mentions it's the idiot. Does no, she? Uh, yeah, she does at the start. Yeah, yeah. So then oh, she goes like, right. "Is it any good?" And she's like, I don't know yet. I'll tell you later. Yeah, so so I'll read <laughs> it's the about Paul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, uh, right, I missed the witty banter between them. Um, I'll read the quote in full then. She's, she quotes, The most terrible agony may not be in the wounds themselves, but in knowing for certain that within an hour, then within ten minutes, then within half a minute, now at this very instant, your soul will leave your body and you will no longer be a person. And that this, and that this is certain. The worst thing is that it is certain. And that's kind yeah. of... I think, you know, a lot of that this film comes from that premise I guess yeah it's a wonderfully written film but it's not memorably written in terms of I think of it's because cause, yeah it's gone Sam because <laughs> there you've said the favourite line of the film is actually a book it's actually <laughs> not Dostoyevsky. yeah it's, it's Dostoyevsky <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say my favourite line it... of this film was a book <laughs> it was my favourite line of a book it's something completely uh, yeah, unrelated I just that shoehorned that because... into the film <laughs> yeah not part, it's not actually written but you know written but I think there's not many good um, witty dialogue because it's just a bunch of idiot teenagers talking. All <laughs> but I did like I did like the uh, I did like when I don't know the exact uh, lines, but when she's after they've had sex at the start and she's talking about how she's um, look when you know she, it's weird. She was saying like, oh, it's weird. Like looking back, you know how um, we used to think about what it'd be like to be older and to be free and now that we don't really you know we think we go loads of places but kind of, we don't now we just <laughs> we don't do where we really we go, go anyway. yeah, and that's really go. telling of the the interpretation that you said wasn't it you know that yeah. once they have sex they're, they're just looking back yeah never, never looking ahead I really liked and have used um, the, the line you said Hugh with Yara I have an idea Paul says what <laughs> Farts, it got away, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that, I knew, that'd be, like your, a I knew that'd be your favorite line, so. <laughs> a little bit of teenage nonsense, you know. It's quite good. So, but yeah, you I mean, don't see girls farting too often, do you? On screen, which I think is quite interesting. <laughs> no, to be fair, that's why I loved it, obviously. So, my favorite shot, I mean, I, I really like some of the kind of like, have we uncovered a fetish of yours here, Sam, <laughs> that we didn't know about before? 
So I've said my favourite shot, the, the tall guy peeking through, and also some just the off-putting pan and zooms, like looking at the basketball, bizarrely. Uh, Hugh, what would you say was your favourite shot? I said, for me, it was the when you see the blood in the pool near the end oh, yeah. when she looks over the edge because it kind of slowly the camera pans up into the, or tracks along the uh, edge of the pool doesn't it and then all yeah. of a sudden you see this blood kind of flowing out that only she can it's see it's blossoming isn't it yeah it's like blotting yeah blossoming mm-hmm. like a rose almost kind of flowering yeah, yeah. It, that was cool mm. that's a good show and the, Ben is it the, the, the entity's POV or did you have yeah one? I think that one that, that was the most memorable I think just the it's like handheld camera and just the movement and the and the sound as I think really stuck with me. I thought it was good. Yeah. It's weird how you mentioned the basketball scene because the basketballs because I think there's there's a lot of like there is a lot of like um like football like basketballs and things. I think I, I think I was reading somewhere it's like a bit of symbolism whenever the creatures around you see a, a ball or something like that. But yeah, there's sort of pass it on kind of kind mm. of thing. Is the creature having think... a ball? <laughs> hey. Hey. Oh, that, was, that was terrible. Um, we are going to go for a little break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to find out what the critics thought. We're going to get some ratings. And we'll get a little cheeky little quiz and find out what we're going to do next week. So join us after the break. Hello and welcome back to the final part of this week's episode of Please Watch This. Hugh, how Sam. do you think the critics thought of this film? What do you think they thought? I think the fact that we're watching this means that it got a generally positive review. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was it was very widely uh, well received. 83% on Metacritic as well, which is great. Mark Kerman loved it. Um, but that was a, not a written review, so I've not got sound bites from that. However, uh, not his first appearance. Peter Bradshaw from The Guardian, Peter Guardian from The Bradshaw, uh, gave it five stars. Peter Guardian from The Bradshaw, yeah? Yeah, he said, A friend confessed to me recently that this was the only film to have given him, in adult life, a proper wake-up sweating nightmare. I don't think I've ever had a nightmare quite as scary as this film, a modern classic of fear to be compared to something by a young carpenter or De Palma. What David uh, Robert Mitchell has given us is a contemporary re- reworking of ideas from M.R. James, in particular his 1911 ghost story, Casting the Runes. Now, Ben, you're the sort of guy who would have read that. Do you know anything about mm. Casting the Runes? No, it's not one. I've, the only M.R. James I've read is uh, a Turn of the Screw, but yeah, it, Casting the Runes, yeah. yeah I'd, I might, I might, check, I might it check it out. Apparently it's got a similar-ish concept, but I don't think it's about sex. Um Peter Guardian from the Bradshaw goes on to say, I love the title, a clear, deadpan, pitiless description, rather like the insect horror They Nest from 2000. Mm. They did, and it does. The action of it follows, with its viral spread of horror and shame, could be read as an abstinence parable, or a herpes nightmare, or a metaphorical account of AIDS. But the point is that that It Follows Demon is a satirical inversion of this literal case. So this is a point you, you sort of mentioned, Ben. Um... um counteracting the harmful or fatal effects of a sexually transmitted disease means stopping what you're doing not persisting but it also means tracking down previous partners to warn them so in this case you become the follower and have to be discreet about it invisible in fact like the nightmarish figures in Mitchell's movie Uh, so yeah Peter Guardian in the Bradshaw absolutely loved it Um, 
it was hard to find a very negative review actually I found one that was 60% from Chuck Wilson in the Village Voice uh, this was the sort of slightly sneery part that I found uh, since it premiered last year at the Cannes Film Festival It Follows has been heralded by many critics as the scariest movie since time began but die hard fr- uh, fright flick fans such as this reviewer may not agree Mitchell's unwillingness to define the parameters of the spectre haunting Jay leads to a finale that's muddled and confusing and definitely not scary then again maybe it's just me what do you think about that? I mean, I wasn't happy with the ending myself, but I was just sat thinking while you were reading those reviews that I think I might like this film more if instead of it being like some supernatural sort of creature, if I just imagine it's like an alien, like from out of mm. space, that... To like give it your sci-fi <laughs> Well, preference. to give it some yeah. sort of like... To, to work, you know, to have that, you know, the suspension of disbelief actually work because it would yeah. make, if it's like, oh, well, you know, it's like, it's like a disease or something, or it's like a, you know, it's like, like you said about the, the you know, the $80 million or the $100 million yeah. film is, I think that would be your, your way in to make it because, because yeah. Yeah. it is a good film and the horror element of it kind of cheapens it for me almost. And so I'm thinking, well, how do I bring it up to the level that people are kind of seeing it for what it may be do you know that kind of a way yeah no, I think that, I think that's that reasonable as, as like another type of film <laughs> what, why what do, what's wrong with it <laughs> because basically saying horror is not good enough to be considered a good film <laughs> <laughs> I don't think horror thinks itself is good enough to be considered good sometimes <laughs> don't don't victim blame. <laughs> <laughs> I saw. I read that in a review. Like, uh, uh, there was. A, I think I don't know what YouTuber it was, but he said like, oh, it's not. I, I didn't think it was a good film, but I thought it was a good horror film. And I was like, what? No, <laughs> <laughs> like that's a different thing. Horror yeah. films have been around since the invention of film. <laughs> yeah, and some of the best films are horror films. Ah, oh, anyway, they're sorry. not. They're, R- not <laughs> they're not a secondary medium that's got lower parameters. I mean, it's interesting no. what um, Chuck Wilson said about how the parameters of the Spectre weren't defined, and I thought by having these rules, it sort of is defined. But probably he's agreeing with you there, Hugh, that if this is an alien species and it's sort of hard sci-fi, maybe not even hard sci-fi, but you know, sci-fi with definite rules that it follows all along. Maybe that. Maybe that's what. Looking for, I love, but... I, I love the ambiguity. That's what made it. That's what makes it creepy for me. You know, the not yeah. knowing that you don't know what it is, why it's doing it. Like I just that's that's to me what what makes it creepy. What makes it effective? And I think fundamentally that's the difference in in your and Hugh's approach to the films mm. that you you actually prefer that ambiguity and that like it doesn't ha- it doesn't need to be explained. Whereas I think Hugh you want something more conventional. I think I'm somewhere in the middle where. Mm. I would love that 80 million version of this, you know, 80 million pound or dollar version of this, where it's like, these are the rules and the government gets involved and it becomes a whole yeah. actual, whether sci-fi or horror thing. But I also love this kind of like million dollar uh, baby as well. Um, most important critics though, lads. Hugh, oh, actually Ben, I'll start with you because we're more in suspense about Hugh's. Ben, how many... Booty orgies? Would you give this uh, this film out of ten? Um, I, I think I think I'm going to give it a nine. It's a solid nine out of ten. Very good. Uh, in Very my good. opinion, I think I'm more of an eight to eight point yeah. five. Hugh, mm. booty orgies for you, uh, ten wise. Oh, it's either a seven or an eight. I can't decide. Ooh. All right, I'm happy with either of those. 
Yeah, it is a good film. I can't pretend it's a bad film. I just don't like the ending, and I think that's maybe gives it a seven. Right. Well, like, listen. But if you'd have told me two hours ago he was going to give this a seven, I, I would have gone out and tried to sleep with somebody just for the joy of it. <laughs> I'm happy. With, I'm happy with that. Ben, watch out! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a two-hour drive to Ben's. Fun, it's longer if you walk at three miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I did enjoy it. I did think, like, I didn't find it boring. Like, I found um, the Babadook boring. Like, I, and therefore, would you recommend it? Yeah, I probably would. Yeah. But that's great news. That's great thought, news. Let's see if you remember it all. <laughs> I thought you were going to say how many like clamshells out of ten. <laughs> Clamshelly well, readers. Yeah. I kind of want one. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, it's Christmas is coming, Ben. So impractical, though, isn't it? Be, be prepared to be let down. <laughs> <laughs> well, quiz time. Um, one of these, I'm like, I'm thinking, did I just pick this up in a YouTube video or is it actually in the film? So we'll see how difficult it is. As always, okay. Hugh, you get first dibs on these. I think the so question, question I think the questions here this week must have been quite tricky to make. They were. Yeah. They were. Some yeah, films do not lend themselves to questions, do they? <laughs> so, Hugh, how many people, question one, how many people die in this film? I'm going to say two. Who are they? The girl at the beginning and Greg. Ben, what are your thoughts on that? I think he's right. Yeah, absolutely spot on. Yep, two is the, yeah. is the body it's count. Not, it's not a high body count, is it? And the no. girl, and the girl at the beginning is literally just like, "This is the danger." Yeah, yeah. Let's let's Drew Barrymore this girl and uh, yeah. demonstrate the the actual threat that's going on. Question yeah. number two, then Hugh, what is Hugh's real name? My name is Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, it is. Question three. According to Yara, she was not allowed to go south of where when she was a child? They call it the eight mile, don't they? Mm. Or the eighth mile Correct. or something. It's like a, I don't know, it's an American thing. There's a whole, all the quotes of the film are all based on that or something, aren't they? It's really, it's like, <laughs> oh, I wasn't allowed to go there and I never understood, and but it's really shit. What is that about? Does anyone, can somebody, can, you know, three British lads, can one of them, can one of you explain it? Well, we know about the kind of like, you know, wrong side of the tracks kind of thing, don't we? Is they that, talk about that's the suburbs but, into the city. Why is that important? I don't know thematically how that the bad side up in the down. film. Yeah. Does it have any bearing on the themes? What's the it got to do with the film it? at all? It seems to have nothing to do with I the film. I think it might just be a teeny thing that's a coming-of-age thing to say, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you sort of right. reminisce about being a kid as though you're not still a kid, yeah. maybe. I, I can't really think of anything else. Do you think this film's one of those kind of films that is actually one of those, like... It's like a teen film masquerading as, like, a horror film? Yeah, I, yeah, and a lot yeah. of films wear different hats like that, don't they? So this is... It's in this, like... I don't know, I can't think of a good example where something could... Anyway, yeah, it's a, it's a coming-of-age film. Yeah, because I, I say that, that the the last couple of Spider-Man films that they've made yeah. have actually been teen movies that happen to yeah. be about a superhero, if that makes exactly. sense. Exactly, or, or when a soldier was a spy thriller yeah. uh, sort of thing. Yeah, exactly, so it's a sort of genre and sub-genre, isn't it? Yeah, and, it makes, and the, the, they're able to tell more interesting stories and have better characters because they do that if that makes sense it would probably tell you a lot about somebody's psyche and where what they're, where they're at in their life if you gave them this concept and said what kind of film would you make and so Hugh you'd maybe go for a more high budget uh, sci-fi thing Ben you'd probably try and make this film uh, somebody <laughs> else would try and make uh, I don't know like a Christmas movie or something you know like everyone's got their own yeah. little like 
wrapping to put on this concept. It's actually about Santa Claus coming to get you. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Emptying his sack down your chimney, yeah, and then, uh, then you're it for the year or something. <laughs> Isn't there, there are some old stories, aren't there, of people like, uh, they have to pass on this Santa curse. I've heard this like third hand from Mark Gatiss on a podcast or something, one where, I can't remember what it is, but basically somebody, that Santa appears at his door and then he basically gets him to wear his coat. It's kind of like a Tim Allen movie and it's like, you're Santa now, ha ha ha. And it's, and it's a curse. Anyway. <laughs> oh yeah, there's there's, of, people have recut it, haven't they, where there. it's a horror film. Yeah. <laughs> really? Where yeah. he, he kills Santa awesome. and then... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, There's like anyway. a trailer you can get where it's him, um, like as like an evil. There's um, a really good Mrs. Doubtfire one. Trailer. That's quality, so isn't well it? Because it cuts in bits from mm. one hour, one you know one hour photo and all that. Yeah. Uh, question four then: Name six identities that it takes on. Six. Six. I don't know any of them. <laughs> okay. You, uh, don't have to, you don't have to give me the names, but okay. identify six. Uh, Weird naked woman at the beginning. Yeah. Um, the the naked woman, or semi-naked woman, pissing herself without teeth. The tall man, the child. Greg's mother, I think it says. Yeah. Or that's the inference. Um, well, because he says mum, right, and he sees, greets her as mum, doesn't he? Yeah. Mm. And then whoever the person is in the pool, I can't remember. That's well, like that's a man. that's interesting. That's, that's her dad. dad. That's Jay's dad. And it's only on seeing YouTube clips and stuff because she's got a photo on a mirror. And centre is her in the pool, but underneath is her with her dad. It's basically implied that he's not in the picture. He's possibly dead. And that's why her mum is an alcoholic and Ah, he's really involved. And then he matches up with that that photo. I'd never noticed that really until... Oh, is it one of those really subtle things? Because it does keep showing you the photos and then... Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's one of those that rewards you'd have to spot it. and analysing. Yeah, yeah, so that's asks who it is, and she says, "No, I don't want to tell you." Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, so she doesn't implicitly. So that makes it even scarier for her. See, they should see. It's in cool as that is. They should have said it was she saw her dad. Because that would have had so much more to begin. Hugh, you're talking like somebody who's never been on the IMDb chat forums for 10 years ago. You know, this is unacceptable for a film podcaster. (laughs) I think it would have just added that extra dimension. Do you know what I mean? But also, it's a rewatch value, isn't it? Like the little kid who appears at the the hole in the door, that was the kid that was watching her in the swimming pool. He's in it a few times. He's he's watching it a few times. Just little things like that. You can can horror once as well, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, at the beach. Mm. Yeah, it's Yara at the beach, and you can just sort of ins- uh, yeah, you can just infer all kinds of things about who this is. This, is that her granddad? Is that whatever? Um, I think you probably got six there. Question five. Now you might not know this, and it might not have been mentioned by name in the film. I literally just came up with a fifth question from watching a YouTube video. Where does Paul work? I genuinely can't remember if it's on screen or if he mentions it. Or <laughs> but somebody, somebody in a YouTube video named where he works. So oh, I don't know. I don't know. Wow. I should have done more okay. research. Um, <laughs> what kind of establishment does he work at? Because don't hit her and it's her sister. Him and her sister work there. Doesn't the sister work there as well? Uh, oh, yeah, they're like talking. Out. Yeah, they're like talking in the back, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Um, Baskin Robbins. <laughs> I'm going to give you well Ben uh, what do you think I don't know, is it like is some fast food place in it or something yeah some fast food joint 
I'll give you half a point because you're sort of in the right uh, type of food. It's uh, Clark's ice cream. So you you know dessert confectionery sort of Pass. thing. I genuinely don't know if it came up on screen or not. But Clark's ice cream is where. It, is I where thought it I thought one of your questions would be what uh, what film did they go see at the cinema at the start? That's a good question. Hugh, would you be able to answer that question? No, I would not be able to answer that question. Is it good film? Uh, oh, you know it's I should. A, it's a I classic. Uh, it's a. Is it what decade are we talking? Sixties, seventies. Hitchcock. It, it, it isn't, but it's been. It was. It's, it's interesting you say that because it's been called the best Hitchcock film that he never made. Uh, <laughs> Is it Halloween I really, or something like that. No, for the life of me, can't think. So from the sixties. Yeah, no, it's, I can't it's called Charade or Charade, but it's oh, good. Yeah. It's great. It's got. Um, it's like a. Anyway, it's worth check, looking up on IMDb and checking out. I remember watching it when it, uh, a while ago, and it's it, yeah, it is like a Hitchcock film, a bit like you know, uh, hmm. North by Northwest or whatever. It's good. Yeah, it's got Walter well, Matthau we're gonna and... we're gonna get lots more Hitchcock on this show because there's a few I have, there's a lot I haven't seen. I know Hugh hasn't seen Psycho, so we're gonna definitely. If I'd only known that he hadn't seen Psycho, <laughs> we would have probably done that two weeks ago. Uh, so we're definitely gonna do some Hitchcock over the coming year, I would say. So Ooh. Hugh, you did quite well on that. I would, I think, I'll give you four. Yeah, four out of five on that. Yeah. Oh, four and a half on that. Pretty well. Pretty yeah, well. Yeah. Since the uh, last question was not an impossible. To find. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I did well. Personally. Maybe literally impossible. Like that. I don't even know. Yeah. Now the question the for you Hugh what we're going to watch next week so Sam next week we are going to watch uh, he says stalling so no no I'm not stalling no I remember <laughs> no I keep often so, I forget Sam next <laughs> I was just, week <laughs> so we're going to watch the Viggo Mortensen film uh, David Cronenberg directed actually which I only found out when we were planning this beforehand um, A History of Violence yes what do you know about A History of Violence Sam Director Michael David Cronenberg stars Viggo Mortensen. <laughs> what do you know? And what do you know Naomi about him that I haven't just told you, Sam? Uh, I literally, when we were making, you know, choosing the film, I saw he's somebody who's sticking up for a diner. I don't really want to know uh, before I go into it. I really don't know anything. I presume it's quite violent. <laughs> so I just, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's a film I've really wanted to watch for a while, but just never. It's not talked about enough. It's not at the sort of forefront of culture enough that I'm reminded that I need to watch it. Yeah, it's, it's actually often, so it's quite an interesting. It. Actually, it's quite interesting that we go from this film to that film because in that film, uh, it, there's it's got interesting like sexual dynamics. I'll, that's right. all I'll say about right. it. Right? Okay. Uh, okay. Ben, don't, don't kind spoil of, anymore. No, no. Uh, ben will know what might yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. Um, it, that, but it's it's interesting. It is it is really interesting. cryptic. Yes. Well, I mean, you know, listener. So we'll if talk you about it next week. Tell us what you what you think about history of violence. Tell us what you think about uh, your plan for getting rid of the entity or avoiding the entity. Hugh, if they want to do that, how could they do that? How could they tell us about how they're going to do it? Um, what they yeah. could do is they could create a Reddit forum, <laughs> <laughs> and they could contact us through Reddit. But if and whilst they're using their computer on Reddit, they can um, get in touch with us at pleasewatchthis.pod at gmail.com. Uh, is that because it's got the word it in Reddit? Is that- no, it's just that's what would happen, isn't it? Ultimately, if like something like this happened, <laughs> this there would there'd be a Reddit well, forum, wouldn't there? And it'd as, be, it'd as be as an open legend. It, I, I actually made about. a Reddit forum for our show two years ago. Did you? Uh, yeah, you've never, never used, used it. it. No, I, I presume I'm going to look up now. I don't think anyone's ever used it before. <laughs> yeah. Um, communities yet there is still that's like one if, member. I think that's me. Um, <laughs> that's sort of like if a, yeah. a tree <laughs> falls. Wait, if it wasn't. 
<laughs> that, She's <that's>, called it. <laughs> that's like if a tree falls in the forest, does anyone hear it? So, <laughs> so yeah, get us get us on Reddit. For yeah, some get us on Reddit. Yeah. Turns out we have one. I did not know that. It's mostly me posting about FIFA. <laughs> As it turns out. Not in red, not in the Reddit forum. But if you want to check on my profile, feel free to do that. Anyway, um, Ben, if they want to get in touch with you. Um, where are you available? Where, I mean, available. are you open for sex? Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> depends if you're infected with uh, a creature that will follow you. But, you know, I would consider it. <laughs> Send some photos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clean bill of health. Yeah, I mean, if Scarlett Johansson turned up and was like, look, if I, have, I'm gonna, I want to have sex with you. Unfortunately, if I do, there's a possibility you might die. <laughs> I would be like... You'd die a happy man. I would very much go down for that right okay so we're going into territory here listener I don't want you getting involved in uh, get us on twitter at please watch pod we'll talk to you next week Ben thank you so much yeah, for coming on the show on, ben. I've cut yeah. Hugh's mic and <laughs> talk to you all next week I mean how how low would you go before you'd be like no that's the cut off I'm not having sex with you I know what you've got what, what, what number come on <laughs> <laughs> listeners that's the real email so get in touch listener tell us how we love what you go uh, on, uh, with <laughs> anyway talk to you next week see you next week bye, bye. bye.